It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. We're about to get into our Bible study. 20 million people studying the same passage of the Bible at the same time. We're in the book of Genesis. It's amazing. Before we do, we're going to have clue for our quiz, followed by your text messages. Let's listen to what you had to say about the first half of the show this morning. All right. Although I had Daniel thrown into a lion's den, I regretted having to do it, and I hoped his God would deliver him. 0491 uh, something the something, if you know who that is, uh, that is the number to call a text, and you will go in the draw to win the Revive Cafe Cookbook number five and six. Let's, let's, let's pick, pick some d- different recipes. I want to go for desserts now. Do we have desserts here? Um, let's see sweet things, chia seed chocolate pudding, and honey grilled fruit, fruit, honey grilled, oh, the next one is fluffy strawberry mousse, 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 fluffy strawberry mousse, so if you like either of those things, uh, 0491 is the number to call or text, again, that question or that clue was, although I had Daniel thrown into the lion's den, I regretted having to do it, and I hoped that his goal was delivering him. Make sure you give us a call or text at 491 and you say, may I enter the quiz? I, I like strawberries. I know nothing about cooking. I like strawberries, but I've never eaten moose. Ever. I've you've... seen moose, like in Canada, but I've never eaten <laughs> Stop moose. it. Stop it, La. Stop it, La. Look, what? what? It's what? a vegan cookbook. Oh, that's right. Vegan moose. Yeah. That's... It, it's it's not a meat substitute. Please, <laughs> please, please stop. <laughs> okay, going to our text messages. This is what you had to do. Jennifer says, wow, beautiful testimony. I recently spoke to another Hindu convert. It's, uh, it's awesome, as you can sense, that they are high in spirit. John says, what a story. Praise God. Um, and then Chris says, in the mm. USA, Jews had and have an influ- influential position in the film and TV industry and hence promote their cause. And I think this is a very, val- va- va- very valid true. point right there. It is so <laughs> true right there. They do dominate uh, Hollywood, film, TV, uh, entertainment and so forth. And so you do just tend to get kind of one side of the story. I, I saw this like movie on Netflix like two years ago that was literally like a propaganda film. It was it was basically about like it's like a true story about Ethiopian Jews trying to get to the Holy Land like during the 70s I think. But then it was just very much yeah. It was like they were sharing a lot of history, you know, kind of like yeah. yeah. Like it's just it was just a propaganda like film of like yeah, this is why they need to get back to the Holy Land because we own it and we need to get there. It was like starring like Chris Evans and like really famous actors. But yeah, it was just like ah, we need to get that Holy Land. So, yeah, unfortunate. Okay, what a fantastic idea to sublet unused land. Imagine all those people who have moved to the land and know nothing about growing food. By doing so, they could have a future income and food supplies that they'll be very hard that that will be very hard to get in the future. I think it's a really good point right there. Mm. So, you know, this guy up in Coffs Harbour, he sublet his land to uh, a bunch of Burmese people, people from Myanmar. Yeah, um, I, it's just easier to call them Burmese, and. As a result of that, not only is you know his land being used and being put to good use, uh, people are getting all kinds of food, but, hey, he can learn mm. how to grow Burmese vegetables. Yeah, the struggle that we have in Australia is that a lot of our land isn't arable. So, like, yeah. there's, we have so much land where we you have, can't grow stuff. But we have plenty where but you can. But this is the point. We have so much where you can. Yes. And every other country in the world takes advantage of that, and we should too. So, yeah. I think it's great. Okay, Christianity in the US, only 16% of churches are, um, what, what, were they, what was the title for those again? 
are multi-ethnic. Uh, multi-ethnic. It's just like what? Yeah, it's hard to believe. As we're to- are we are we talking about a Christian church? We take so much for granted. The question is why? Mm. Must be because of the historic slavery and discrimination. That is unbelievably sad. Like you said, we just don't see that in oh, the SDA churches or any churches in Australia. Yeah. Not sure if we have that problem in America. And Darren Pratt also texted in to um, comment right here. Um, he says, in America they still have separate black and white conferences even in our Seventh-day Adventist church. He says, I found that incredibly confronting. Mm. I find that incredibly confronting. I, I just, it makes it makes my skin crawl to even think about it. Yeah, I think that, like, it, it's it's an interesting situation in the States because, like, we don't want to promote segregation, but, like, there is that kind of big cultural difference between those between those groups. Like, Yeah, but the, look at this. Look at the cultural gap in your church between you and your Asian uh, congregation. Yeah, It's sure. a massive cultural sure. gap. It's a much bigger cultural gap. I'll tell you that right now because I've spent, you know, lived three and a half years in America. Yeah, okay. But but that being said, it's like, but it's a different, it's a different, it's a different field. It's a different ground here in Australia. Like we're talking about right. like like international Price students God. coming over and, it, and it's awesome. Whereas, yeah, in, in the United States, I'm not saying that they need to do this, but I could see those kinds of things running um, in a positive context because, they're, yeah, there just is, I, I would say, like, yeah, more history in those different ethnic groups. And, and especially like when there's like... There was a necessity for it at one place because... It made it easier to reach out to people because of the existing racism. Mm. It should have always been a temporary uh, solution where we work towards harmony with each other mm. and worshiping together. You know, because yeah, I've, I've worshipped totally in agree. so many congregations. You know, particularly you go to camp meeting or something like that, and you know, you've got they were definitely multi-ethnic in the United mm. States. Well, the camp meetings that I went to were very multi-ethnic, and it brought so much richness to the camp meeting. Yeah. You know, it, 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 I, I, Lyle, I wholeheartedly agree. It, it disturbs me. It disturbs my soul. Mm-hmm. It really disturbs my soul that this could exist in 2022. Yeah. As, as, uh, oh, this, this might be a silly, silly thing to say, but as a person who pretty much hasn't eaten, um, a typical Australian meal for the last two years as a result of going to the church that I go to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree uh, yeah. in the coming together of cultures in church. We are only enriched by it. We are yeah. only enriched by it. And in fact, the Bible gives us like counsel to do so. Like the book of, of First, First Corinthians is all about like the need for unity amongst the cultures in the church. Absolutely, and not assimilation. Uh, but assimilation under God, like to that everyone has the correct doctrine and follows Him, but in terms of culture, in no, coming enjoy together culture. and celebrating it, yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm super keen to do that. I mean, you get a church like we had in you know in 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 Marrickville where you've got 55 people in 22 different spoken languages mm. uh, in one congregation, and you hold a you hold a uh, a fellowship lunch there where you actually make the theme bring something from your country of origin. Yeah, it gets crazy. It's the best. Oh, dude, yeah. It's the best. It's awesome. And to see how different people connect with God and different people praise God and different people, the, the, different, kind, the different kind of relationship they have with God is so enriching and the different perspectives they bring even to the Scripture. Mm. Uh, another text message here says, like you said, America's foreign policy is dictated by the incorrect biblical understanding of their main 
of their main Christian churches of the book of Revelation that talks mm. about the 12 tribes of Israel who will preach the gospel right. to the world by the 144,000. They believe literal Israelites. Israel and the Muslims both rejected Jesus as Saviour and God, even though the Muslims at least consider him as a prophet. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I don't really know because but I would think that we would be closer to Islam. As far as the Abrahamic religions go, I would think we would be closer to Islam than to Judaism. Yeah, it's definitely like a spectrum amongst like evangelicalism of, yeah, the different perspective on Judaism. There are, yeah, some like with a futurist eschatology who are like, yeah, we need to restore Israel. But then there's others who are like, no, Jews are like the enemies of Christ. And no, we don't want either of those extremes. Very anti-Semitic. We no, don't, no, no, we, no, no, no. We no, want no, people no. to be saved. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't, yeah, it's it's just about, and, and this next text, text message focuses on that. It says there is no Christian there is no Christian reasons for separation of people in churches. That is not Christianity. Mm. What will they do in heaven? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Are we going to have uh, safe places for this ethnic group over there and safe place for this? You know, we have so much division in our world right now. Mm. And it's interesting when you actually look at the history of this because, you know, the United States has had segregation for, you know, a long time, probably, you know, not as much as South Africa, but definitely. You know, you go back to the First World War, and they mm. found that you know they had, um, you know, they had you know, um, all black squadrons, for instance, flying fighter planes. Yeah, they had all black uh, regiments and so forth, and battalions and whatnot, and they maintained that segregation, which they didn't have in the UK, mm. uh, where they had you know a, a, quite a high population of um, people of African descent as well. And they very quickly found that when they went from the Second World War to the Korean and Vietnam Wars, where they had integration that they've worked much, much better and oh, much, much totally. more, more efficiently. All right, we need to uh, get on to our Bible study. We're going to the book of Genesis, chapter 32, I believe it is, for today. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. All right, let's jump into it, Lawson. Genesis, chapter 32. Let's just, 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 just go for it. As Jacob started on his way again... Angels of God came to meet him. When Jacob saw them, he explained, This is God's camp. So he named the place Mahanaim. 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 Yes, that place. Okay, yep. So he, this is him. He he gets on a journey after, oh, basically, he ditches Laban here. Yeah, he's, he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. He's stuck between two rocks. Mm-hmm. One rock is Laban and Laban's sons who really detest him. Mm-hmm. Because they they see Jacob as somebody who is stealing all of their wealth. Yes, and so that whole relationship that has gone for twenty years has become incredibly toxic mm. to the point that he has to get out. He probably should have got out a long time before yep. this, but he has to get out, and so he leaves. And he leaves in secret. He deceives his father-in-law, mm. and just up and vanishes. Mm. And you kind of wonder how does a person like that leave in secret. You know, yeah, four wives, 12 kids. It's a pretty big effort. Lots of sheep and goats. Yeah. You know, I think of uh, some of the major cattle rustling efforts that we had here in Australia. And, you know, they had the advantage of living in the outback and they were able to build their own stockyards mm. on the property of, you know, where they were actually taking care of the cattle and, you know, do this over a period of six months in the secret and round up all the cattle and then. You know, I think it was uh, the guy that when it took them down the Streslecki through into South Australia, uh, which was an incredible feat because you know he he drove he he drove all these cattle down there, 
12 years after Birkin Wills went through and died. Mm. And he goes through and survives and thrives and his cattle survive and thrive as well. Um, but you can sort of see the remoteness played into his favour. Mm. It's a big country out there. You could put like 10 Israels out there. Mm. Um yeah, but somehow or other he does seem to be able to sneak away and get a good head start on Laban. Of course, Laban catches up and is pretty upset with him because, you know, he didn't even get to say goodbye to his grandchildren. Mm. That's rough. And so you see, this is, the, this is the conflicted person that Jacob is. And this would be a fantastic movie right here because God comes to Jacob and God, Jacob knows he needs to leave because the environment is toxic. God says to Jacob, you need to leave. Mm. And so what does he do? He leaves by deceiving his father-in-law. I would I would say actually this would this would be a bad movie. This, I don't think this would make for a good movie. Well, it's kind of popular these days to have movies where the main protagonist is a bad person. Yeah, but there's no humanistic payoff. There's no humanistic win in Jacob's story. Jacob no. Jacob doesn't like overcome adversity by doing something really good. Like this isn't like a you know he's not the antihero who you know steps up to the plate. Like no, you're he right. just he's just terrible the whole his, way. His through. whole life is his, his whole life right the way and through right, it's right just the way him consistently is. making mistakes and then like being given grace by God and then saying sorry. And you get to the end of his life and you know long and difficult have. Uh, have been all the years of his life. Yep. It's it's just, anyway. So many lessons we can learn from the story of Jacob. But he's heading south now, so he's got Laban and Laban's sons to the north. Mm-hmm. You can't go there. You've got the Mediterranean Sea to the west. You can't go there. Yeah, it's not, not as You've got the desert to the east. You can't go there. Mm-hmm. You've got Esau to the south. Mm-hmm. You can't go there. But God has said go south. Yes. So he's going south. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine as he's going south and he's hearing about Esau and he's hearing that Esau is now a warlord. Mm. He's not a warlord. He's not a fighter. He's a shepherd. He's a shepherd. Um, so Esau has become a, uh, a local warlord and he's heading south towards Esau and Esau has his own private army. Mm. And God comes to him again with another vision of angels. Mm. And so he's getting all of these assurances from God all the way. Don't worry, I'm with you. So he gets assurance in the land of Laban. He gets assurance at Mahanaim. He's getting assurance. God is is not leaving him without assurance. Let's keep reading. It continues on in verse 3 in chapter uh, 32. It says, Then Jacob sent messages ahead to his brother Esau, who was living in the region of Seir in the land of Edom. He told them, Give this message to my master Esau. Humble greetings from your servant Jacob. Until now, I have been living with Uncle Laban. And now I own cattle and donkeys and flocks and sheep and goats and many servants, both men and women. I have sent these messages to inform my Lord of my coming, hoping that you will be friendly to me. Yeah, wow. This is very humble, isn't it? Mm. This is this is what you say when you are a shepherd and you're coming up against a warlord and it's like, yep, I'm, I'm your servant. You know, let's not worry about this whole birthright thing. You're the boss. I'm the servant. The birthright is yours. That's mm. effectively what he's saying. Mm. And when the servants get back who took this message down to Edom to find Esau, they didn't actually have to travel all the way, did they? 
Yeah. Uh, it continues on in verse 6. It says, After delivering the message, the messengers returned to Jacob and reported, We met your brother Esau, and he is already on his way to meet you with an army of 400 men. Jacob was terrified at the news. He divided his household along with the flocks and herds and camels into two groups. He thought if Esau meets one group and attacks it, perhaps the other group can escape. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. Okay, so we've got a, du- a number of different things that we can uh, look into here. And somebody's actually texted through and wasn't the, said, wasn't the reason that Jacob left um, as he did because Laban would not have let him go? And that certainly, you know, is a part of the equation. Mm. But if Jacob had exercised true faith, if God came to Jacob and Jacob said, go, and, and God said to Jacob, go, then Jacob had nothing to fear. Mm. But you can see the whole way through here, he's acting out of fear. Mm. And this is a very human reaction. And, hey, we can give Jacob a hard time, but how many times have we done the same thing and what would we have done in that same situation? Yeah, it's like an army's coming after you. You are are a slow-moving group of women, children, cattle, sheep, and you're you. Like, Mm -hmm. you're the only adult male Oh, apart from like the drivers. Yeah, and he, think he's, he thinks he's got a bit of time. He's like, okay, because when you look at where Edom is, when you look at Mount Seir is, that's, you know, that's down near Petra. That's in, that's in, in Jordan, modern-day mm-hmm. Jordan, and that's a long way away. And so, you know, you, you'd think, okay, I've got a fair bit of time. That's a long way away. I'll send some servants down there to appease Esau before I get there. Mm. And he sends them off like, okay, they'll be back in three weeks' time. They're back a couple of days later and it's like, well, actually Esau's over the next ridge. Mm. I'm, I'm not, I don't know how far he was away, but Esau's actually very, very close. Yeah. And he's in your vicinity and he's brought his entire private army with him. They're marching. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Okay, so this is what Jacob does. How does Jacob respond to this? Well, he divides his camp into two separate camps. Mm. So this is a strategic move. Mm-hmm. Was this a, was this a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, God has told him uh, go back. What what can we learn from this? Well, I I think yeah, it's him taking things into his hand. But he he's definitely his strategic move here isn't you know you had for example the story of Abraham. It's a desperate move. It's a, it's it's what it is. It's a move is, of absolute desperation. It's him like weathering the situation, like planning for the for the absolute worst. He's not going on the the offense here. Um, he is definitely like, yeah, this is damage limitation. Like, oh, how can I get out of this the best way if I just get totally and utterly attacked by Esau and his army? Like, you know, how can half of my kids go on to live? Like, or how can I have any offspring that goes on to live? Um, because I've received the birthright. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what he does. He divides his, his thing up. He doesn't, he doesn't get his drovers together and go, all right, all right, fellas, like, Get some swords. We're gonna like go on the attack. Like, oh, we're gonna run this way or go. The-. No, he's just like damage limitation. He's like, you know, judgment has come for me. Okay, so if God tells us to do something, is there a role that we should play? Should we still act strategically in relationship to what God has told us to do? Because God told him to go back. God didn't give him the details how to go back. Yeah, well, I think that like we have capacity within us to like. Not, not to just completely and utterly rely on self, but 
you know, hasn't God been working in our lives for so long, teaching us lessons on, like, for example, I mentioned this this morning, like, I believe and trust that God is looking after me, you know, in my life and financially, all that kind of thing. But I saw, uh, you know, the oil light in my car this morning. I'm like, oh, I won't take it because I need to fill it up with oil. Like, he's mm-hmm. given me the capacity to be able to know that. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. God was certainly leading Jacob faithfully. We've got another clue for our quiz. Yeah, uh, this last one here. So I'll read some more clues just to give this a little bit of context. So I had those who falsely accused Daniel along with their wives and children thrown into the lion's den. Although I had Daniel thrown into the lion's den, I regretted... I regretted having to do it, and I hoped his God would deliver him. And now this is the last clue. My name begins with D. Okay, and of course, extra bragging rights if you can tell us specifically which one of the two of these people with the same name is mm-hmm. mentioned in the Bible. Yes, with a specific, what, what would you say, like a... A the. There's a, there's there's like a, a the. suffix kind of kind of kind of deal yeah, yeah. Uh, if it's you know it comes after it 0491 and you will go into the draw to win the revived cafe cookbooks um volumes five and six. Oh, i read something before that i thought was awesome oh where is it i need to i need to read this out please i hope my eyes can find it because it sounded so good um no, I've lost it. That's really annoying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Creamy, cheesy parsley sauce. Now, the reason why this is impressive is because it, cheese is spelt C-H-E-E-Z-E-Y or Z-E-Y, which means like this is this is like common vegan language. When there's a Z in the cheese, it means that it's fake cheese. So it's vegan cheese. This is vegan cheese sauce. Okay, but which one is really fake? What? The animal one or the real one? What do you mean? Which is fake cheese? Might be the real. It might be well, real cheese. Like, Maybe animal cheese is is fake. But cheese. like animal, like isn't cheese defined as being like the curdling of like an animal's milk, an aging of yeah. Mm. So so this is imitation cheese sauce. I like cheese sauce, friends. And if you like cheese sauce that's vegan, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Like I am plant based, but yes. I'm not going to claim that we invented cheese. Like no, I, think we, I think I think I think vegans invented it. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. All right, let's go to our text messages here. The fact that Laban went after Jacob, even though he was supposed to be. Even though it was supposed to be for his idol, it was God who told him to choose his words carefully and to let Jacob go. I think this is a very important point that we need to recognize right here. And the point is that Jacob had nothing to fear. Mm. Jacob could have gone to Laban, you know, right back there. He didn't have to sneak off Mm. because God was on his own. God had told him to go, so God was was sorting it out. God was taking care of him. Mm. Um, As for Esau, God paid him a visit in a dream. To set him straight, told his men of the vision. Um, on top of this, Jacob was surrounded by the angels of God. And of course, you know, uh, there's some of these things that you don't necessarily find in the Bible, but uh, if Jacob received, we know that Jacob received a vision of the angels of God. Mm-hmm. How hard would it be for God to send that exact same vision to Esau? Yeah. Interesting. All right, interesting that Jacob sent his concubines and their children first, then Leah and her children, and then Rebecca and Joseph. He prioritized. And this was such a terrible thing, really, because, you know, Jacob knew what it was grow- like to grow up in a family where the parents had favorites. Yep. 
And he has favourites. He's practising it as well. It's a terrible idea to have favourites in a family. Mm. All right, let's go back to our passage that we are studying together right here. We were actually, before we went to the song break, we were considering like where the line begins and ends as to, you know, what actions are on us to do and what actions are on God to do. We were, yes. Yeah. And I kind of brought up an analogy of like, yeah, this morning I turned my car on, like I was getting in my car to come to radio to speak about God. And then after radio, I go to Newcastle Uni and I give people Bible studies. Like, okay, I'm doing the Lord's work and the car that God has given me to do that, like, and I wholeheartedly believed he helped me to acquire to do that. Um, I turn it on this morning and the oil lights on. And so the question is, do I have faith in God by just driving the car and no. saying, wow. Or, you know, like, uh, that's, that's... There's a difference between faith and presumption. That's right. Mm. And see, what I do see in this story is is that Jacob persists in continuing south. Mm. That's faith. Mm. But he doesn't act presumptuously when he finds that Esau is in the region, heavily armed. Mm. He acts strategically. Yeah. And we see, like, Abraham do the same thing. Like in in actually like a in a story where he comes off looking quite good, which is the rescuing of Lot. You know, like yes. he takes out his three hundred, you know, group, a, a war band, a, yes. a war band, and he splits them up into different groups. And yeah, like he attacks by night. He attacks by night. Like he sets up a strategy. None of this was communicated to him by the word of God, or at least the text doesn't indicate. Yeah. Um, but he does so because he understands, you know, some He's things. He's acting about in faith, and he is acting strategically. That's right. He's not just. He's not just, you know, presumptuously like, well, God is on my side, so I'm going to walk into the camp of the... Um, Edomites. Edomite, not Bible. the Edomites, the um, Elamites. Elamites. The Elamites. Right. Yeah. And start killing them all in the yeah. middle of the day. Yeah. No, that would be presumption. I'm not going to 1v1 Chetaloma. Like, I'm... Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do this right. Mm. I think these are uh, I think these are very valid points. Lawson, where are we up to in our passage? We got up to their division, and so then we got to verse nine. It says, "Then Jacob prayed, O God, my grand, go the God of my grandfather Abraham and the God of my father Isaac. O Lord, you told me return to your own land, uh, to your relatives, and you promised me I will treat you kindly. I am not worthy of all the unfailing love and faithfulness you have shown to me, your servant. When I left." For home, and when I left home, sorry, and crossed the River Jordan, I own nothing except a walking stick. Now my household fills two large camps. Oh Lord, please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau. I am afraid that he is coming to attack me, along with my wives and children. But you promised me I will surely treat you kindly, and I will multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sands along the seashore. Too many to count. Jacob stayed where oh, he oh, was oh, for the night. Let's, yeah, let's just jump in here and comment about this prayer for a moment because some really interesting things in this prayer. What is it that is Jacob doing? In, what is is it that Jacob is doing in this prayer that we can learn from? Um, he's calling on the grace of God. He's he is. Yeah, he's calling on those promises. Isn't yeah, he? he's claiming the promises. Mm. He's like God. You said this. You promised this. I'm holding you to your word. Yeah, I'm here because you said to be here. Ah. Uh-huh. I didn't make this decision. You made this decision. Mm-hmm. And so if you made this decision and Esau is, in the, is on the other side of the next ridge with 400 men about to wipe us out mm. and I've you know, had to divide my family into two groups, you know, and he says, and, and, and you can see all the way through this prayer that Jacob really feels how undeserving he is. Mm. 
because he knows he deceived his disabled father with the dirtiest trick ever. Mm. He knows that uh, he stole from his own brother. You know, it's one thing to be a thief and to steal from some random person who you don't know who they are, but to steal from your own family? Mm. That's cold. That's really, that's ice cold. Mm. That's low. Mm. You know, that's just a low as. Mm. And then, of course, you know, he's gone up into uh, Laban's country, up around Haran and so forth, and and he's and he's been deceived. Yeah, he knows now what it's like to be on the other end of that. Yep, yeah. and then he's responded to it in like the worst way yes. by like taking on like four women. Yes, yeah. and, and and then trying to deceive his father-in-law. Yeah, you know that this that it's he's he's a very human being, a very human person here in this story, and you can see his shame coming through. He's like, Lord, I don't deserve any of this. Mm. But I think what's amazing is that he acts in faith. He does. Because he, based on what he said, God, you know, you made all these promises, treat me kindly, you know, restore my descendants, all these different things. He could have said, therefore, I'm going to turn back. That that would have been presumption. But he says, no, I'm continuing to go south. That's what you called me to do. You said you would do all these things for me. You would grow my family. And I'm claiming your promises. And I'm claiming your promises so that I can do what you told me to do. So he acts in faith. Yes. He's dealing with tremendous faith, shame. He's acting in tremendous faith, and God is going to do tremendous things. Amazing. Never be ashamed. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Comment on the quiz before we go into question of the day. Yeah, I'll just repeat that last uh, question again. My name begins with D. This person is very heavily featured in the book of Daniel, and they are not Daniel. They were a king. If you know who that is, 0491-064-669. Give us a call or text with the correct answer, and you will go in the draw to win the Revive Cafe Cookbook, Volumes 5 and 6. These are, like, amazing, by the way. These books are huge and expensive and awesome. So if I hadn't mentioned that yet, but I just have to mention it, like, these, this is not only is it full of amazing recipes, but it's full of a ton of recipes. So 0491-064-669. Okay, a quick question to producer Shell. Has anybody given the correct answer, as in the specific answer? The shake of the head. Wow. As I know that a lot of people. Because a lot there of people are two people with the right. same name in the Bible, but uh-huh. I need to know which one. Yeah. Well, actually, actually, I had. Oh, we do have one. We do have one. We do have one for bragging rights. Yes. I had, I had, uh, well, my friend, Johanna, she, she texted in too, but I think she alluded that she might have Googled what, like, the suffix was so but zero four nine one zero six four six six nine right now it is time for question of the day today's question of the day is from brayden and brayden asks the bible says rebecca was told jacob would receive god's blessing and be the spiritual leader of the family was isaac aware of this yeah yeah it's a good question and it would be kind of pointless if uh, this was not communicated to isaac Mm. You know, why give the prophecy in the first place if it's not communicated to the husband? Mm. So let's read the story and let's see how it goes. Uh, the Bible says that Isaac prayed for his wife. This is uh, Genesis chapter, where are we? Genesis chapter 25 and we are going down to verse 21. Isaac prayed for his wife because she was barren and the Lord heard his prayer and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it's so, why is this happening? 
And so she went to inquire of the Lord. So you've got these twins that are inside her, and they're fighting each other in the womb. That's pretty wild. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two different kinds of people shall be separated from you. And the one will be stronger than the other, and the older one shall serve the younger one. In other words, the birthright is to go to the younger one. This was very different from the culture of those days. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red, all over like a hairy garment. And they called his name Esau. He must have been really hairy. Mm. As a baby, dude? Yes. He was the most manly child. If you can deceive Jacob by wearing goat skin, right? Mm. He was as hairy as, literally as hairy as a goat. Yep. That's pretty out there. Um, and after that, his brother came out and his hand took hold on Esau's heel and his name was called Jacob and Isaac was 60 years old when she gave birth to them. Okay, and the Bible goes on to talk about you know how they grow and they become very, very different from each other. One is a hunter, one is a shepherd and, um, and how Rebecca loves Jacob more and Isaac loves Esau more. And so this is a very dysfunctional family because they're playing favourites with each other. But, okay, let's, let's think about the story here for a moment. First of all, it's pointless if the information that is given to Rebecca is not also given to Isaac. You know, God's not going to give that information in the first place if it's mm. going to be withheld from Isaac. That's, so that's pointless. The second thing is that we need to think about here is that, um, that, you know, how often does God come to you and speak to you in this way? You know, God has very, very clearly spoken to Rebecca. Um, this is a rare occasion, and it's not the kind of thing that you're going to keep secret. I mean, this is big news. It's like, okay, God spoke to me last night. You'd keep that secret for your entire life? Mm. I don't think any human being would ever do that. Yeah, probably not. You know, unless God had said, keep this secret from Isaac, and, of course, that is not in the passage, mm. and it would be very counterproductive if it was in the passage. And so Rebecca is not told to keep it secret. The natural thing that any woman will do or any husband will do when they've had a very uh, dramatic experience with God is to talk about it because mm. that's what husbands and wives do. They talk to each other. Well, that's how it's supposed to work. And so uh, it would be... Yes, it would. No, this was something that Isaac was very aware of, and so this was actually rebellion on Isaac's part when he tried to um, to give the birthright to Esau. Okay, don't forget to spend some time with Jesus today. Mm. Just want to say the Discovery Center, and I talk about them often here at the end of the show. But just a reminder, they have about eighteen different courses that you can do down there. They have courses on archaeology. They have courses on forgiveness. They have courses on just developing your life. Mm. They have courses on the life of Jesus. They have courses on Bible prophecy. They have courses on health. They have courses on parenting. They have courses on relationship. All kinds of Bible subjects, if you can think of it, they have a course on it. You can do the course. You can get the certificate at the end of the course. You will have a personal mentor to take you through the course, answer your questions, and guide you through it. You can do it on paper or you can do it online. So get in contact with us here and we will put you in touch with them. Don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Sheep's
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.